This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, this is Jay Horowitz with a latest edition of Amazing Mets. I love my podcast. My special guest this week is... Jerry Blevins, uh, SNY analyst. Now he's got his own podcast, Chase Station on John Board Radio. First thing I got to do, do, I have to apologize to you. You had a damn good career, and I should have invited you to all the time to stay <laughs> I felt, Jerry, I felt awful. 30 and 13, over 600 games, with the Mets 14 and 4, a 6 and all year. I mean, I apologize, man. That was my, I mean, the, the great was game was great. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, I, you know, you leave, leave people out, and I, I me say it's a nice way. Two hundred twelve games in a three year span. I mean, you were damn good. Thanks, Jay. Yeah, yeah. everything looks better in retrospect, right? No, I mean seriously. <laughs> I mean to be seventeen games over five hundred. Um, you know, you were a seventeenth round draft pick. Uh, um, you know, you, you went to college in the, on an academics. Are you? You had a great career. Thank you, sir. Yeah, it was fun. I, I loved it. I uh, got a chance to play in New York. Um, I, I don't admire the job that you had to put together the alumni, the the old timers game. It was so hard, Jerry. I, mean, I guarantee it. Uh, hopefully, hopefully, I, I I get in your good graces and get invited oh, back at some point. Cut, man, you know, what I mean, but I, I, you know, I was going back. You know, you think you know, and I'm researching the podcast. Look at damn guy didn't have a bad year 17 games over 500 for his- I, I had a bad year in 18 that's for sure before we go into some stuff what you know in 2019 when you played with the braves you was you still appeared in 45 games and i know you went to the uh alternative side what made you you retired with the Mets in with 21 i think you you was there a parade there was no parade right no parade no unfortunately there was no parade what made you give it up though jerry uh, there's a couple of factors. One is I have a family, you know, uh, right. I have a wife and two young boys. My son, Ellis is four. My youngest Asher will be three on the 28th. So in a couple of days, uh, that was number one. And my, my career was kind of shortened due to the pandemic. I, I had a, I was in camp with the giants in 2020. My wife had just given birth in the previous October and then the pandemic hit and they shut everything down. Well, I'm not going to leave my wife there with our two kids by herself while I'm, you know, trying to play baseball when I, I don't need it anymore. So I, I was like, all right, this is my first taste of retirement. So I was like, if this is it, this is it because there was too many question marks. So we, we did the RV from Arizona back to Ohio. I spent that whole year just being at home. And then the Mets called me in 2021. And I was like, yeah, man, I still feel like I've got some gas left in the tank. And I didn't end up making the team. Went to the alt site for a month and then hung them up. But uh, no regrets, no no ill will. 
there was a lot of things that happened during those couple of years that, that I'm very thankful for. And um, I enjoyed my career. I'm happy to have played as long as I did. And I, I got to that last month, that last spring training and that last month with the Mets uh, was something I'm so grateful for because I kind of got to say goodbye. Whereas if it would have ended in 2020, it was kind of all of a sudden and, and brought about without any mental ability for me to, to kind of say goodbye to the game. Whereas in 2021, I really ramped it up and wanted to play. And then I realized, you know, I'm not doing the, the AAA route. Um, and so I, I hung them up happily. I mean, you talk about your new career. Um, you know, you're doing great. I'm really not shocked. I mean, quick about we had a conversation while you're locker. You always told me you wanted to get to media when you were done playing. Didn't we have those conversations when I would ask you to do things and you said, I want to do this someday. And we had talked about it. But, you know, so after it, you do, you do the, uh, as my baseball tonight, you do the Shea Anything podcast. And last year, did this year you did a game with Gary Cohn, but you have to be really happy where your career is going, right, Jerry? I am very happy. Um, we didn't have those specific conversations. We kind of talked about things that would look what my career might be once I'm done. Media was a thought, but I, I had to work so hard during my playing career to stay focused. I never really had the capacity to think too far ahead because I had to stay so locked in and singularly focused on being a baseball player that I always knew that I was I was decent at standing in front of a camera and in front of people and talking. And I found it was as a ball player an obligation to make yourself available. And I thought it was better served for the game if I'm able to, to put some personality out there to, to do some fun things for the team um, and take some pressure off of like the bigger star guys to, to have to do things. If I could fill in those holes, um, I, I felt it was like my, my duty as a ball player. Um, but I never really envisioned anything media side. I, I knew that I could do it, but I, I never really thought about it until my playing days were completely done. But your role as a middle reliever, a short guy, you really, unless you blew a game or you really wasn't a lot of opportunities, right? But I remember always going to you when I needed you were always there. But I mean, you didn't really, you, you know, I mean, in your role, it was kind of, if I do bad, they're going to want to talk to me, right? right? I mean, basically, if you pitch one into 30 innings with four strikeouts, probably nobody wants to talk to you. Yeah, that's one of those uh, those jobs where they, they don't care about you until you mess up, like a like a, a place kicker in the NFL. You're supposed to make every kick, so when you don't make a game-winning field goal, they're going to come talk to you. Like, what happened? You, had a, you have one job. How is it in working in the studios with Gary Apple and those guys you did with the post game? And, um, you know, how much study is involved with that, you know, for a night game? What time do you get in there and how do you prepare for that? Yeah. So, first of all, the SNY crew, like I know they're the, the booth uh, during the TV and the pre and post game guys are well liked by the audience. Um, but the, it's such a top notch. You know, everybody's so good at their jobs from production, editing, research. Everybody is so good that like when I slid into that role, I knew I was in good hands because they were, weren't going to let me fail. Gary Apple being right beside me when I'm, I'm in, the, uh, in the studio, 
I know he's going to steer me in the right way. And that led into, you know, being beside Gary Cohen. Um, but a, a day in the studio for pre and post game is, is pretty easy. We get there, you know, probably at three, three fifteen for the pre-meeting. We're talking about it through emails and texts on what we're going to talk about. We put together the show or the producers and, and directors put together the show. We break down video looking at the, the starters or a player we want to profile. And then we take notes during the game and we're breaking down video as the game's going on and, and thinking about narratives. And that all changes, you know, three or four times throughout the course of a game. And then we, we break it down for, you know, about an hour after the game. And then we start it all over the next day. How, how is it working with Gary? Did you do one game or two games? Here? I, forget. I did one game in the booth with Mr. Cohen. So, I mean, again, Gary Apple's unbelievable. He's been like, you know, like a, a guiding light for me. And then Gary Cohen, like that was such an honor to sit next to Gary Cohen and, and chat baseball. So for me, the pre and post game is a little bit more difficult for me um, to do because you have to think about the bigger picture a lot more. Whereas sitting in the booth, I, like during the game, I was just watching baseball game with Gary Cohen and, and chatting about baseball and making observations. It, that is a little bit more easygoing for me. That's a lot more natural feel for me to be able to chat about baseball like that, because I literally did that every day of my career in the bullpen, like observing those things, talking to the guys and to do it with such a, a great guy like Gary Cohen. Uh, it was fun, man. I, I really enjoyed that. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. How did, how did you get hooked up with John Boy Radio? Yeah, John Boy um, reached out to me. So my my partner, Jolly. Um, yeah, is that a, that's not his real name, is it? That's not his real name. Right, his, I was going to that the case. Jolly Jack Oliver. Oliver. Oh. Uh, his name's Jolly Olive. That's his, like, YouTube fame. He started making baseball videos. They reached out to him because he was a big Mets fan. And they asked him, like, who would you want to be your partner? And he picked me. And so they reached out to me because of him. And we've just passed uh, our 111th episode. Um, so uh, I've, I've loved my experience with, with John Boy. That is a company young and, and exploding and growth and, and such talented people and, and a fun group to be around. Like it's the hardest thing about retirement from baseball is that camaraderie that you have inside the clubhouse, Jay, as you know, like there's no other place to, to get that I, same kind of feeling. I agree, Jerry. I was traveling for 38 years. I've been in my new role as the alumni director for four years. The one thing I miss is, you know, BSing with the guys, going out to dinner, riding the buses, riding the planes. 
I, I know what you say, 100%, you know. Uh, so, yeah, so that's the hardest thing. It was to, like, I miss just being around the, the, the guys all the time. And when I'm at John Boy, that's how I feel. They, they, they were started at this little office in the Bronx being a Yankees, you know, Yankees company to start, you know, two best friends. They have this tiny little two-bedroom place that they turned into a studio. And now they have a beautiful uh, office space in Midtown. But when you go in there, there's a bunch of like young, lively people, men, uh, men, women, uh, all walks of life, just like in baseball, where you get people from all different demographics. It's the same as it is with John Boy. And it's just a group of people trying to do their best. And it's fun, engaging. Uh, I love it, man. So I I'm blessed to be able to do with SNY and also John Boy because they're two very different things. With Joey, that started off with the Houston stuff, right? Basically, they, they get sound from the field. I'm, I'm not saying it the right way, but it is. And then so, yeah, so that was a, so he was a talking yanks. It was like a podcast that he would do, right. you know, and then I believe the, the true rise to fame was when he started breaking down the videos of the Astros cheating scandal right. where he identified, you know, the, the trash can being hit. Um, yeah, that's what I think, you know, from a layman, I think that's when his visibility as a company started to rise. Are you, how do you pick your guests? Are you try to stay in baseball? Are you try and do other things? I mean, what do you do for you, for your guests? How often do you hit once a week, once every two weeks? So, uh, during the season, it's usually just Jolly and myself. Um, every once in a while, like, uh, Peter Moylan, do you know who that is? He's a Braves pitcher, right? The former Braves. Yeah, Braves pitcher. He does uh, Bally Sports um, right. with with the Braves, but he's also part of John Boy Media. He does a a podcast called Farm to Fame about uh, you know the minor leaguers coming up. When we play the Braves, he'll come on our show, so you know preview where they are in their um, in their season and what we should be looking for. But we do um, we break down the, the pre-series. We'll talk about what we're the upcoming series and break it down the series that we just had. So every three or four days, we do something new. Now that the off season is here, we'll go about once a week. Um, right now we're doing, you know, some of the, the, the free agent decisions, what the team may be doing decision wise, that kind of thing. Uh, and then we'll start having guests. Um, if you would come on, Jay, we would love to have you. I would on. love to be maybe my honor, you know, be my, my honor. I will uh, hold you to that because, wow. you know, we're starting to put together our guest list. Uh, I would love to have you on, Jay. I would love. Hey, before I forget, um, my favorite movie is American Graffiti. I hear you're a big movie, but what did you think of American Graffiti? Um, I need to watch that again. It was a little slow. I think I watched it when, uh, like, I was in my early 20s. Um, I like it. It's a little, it's like a, uh, a historical nostalgia piece that I wasn't prepared for when I watched it the first time. My high school days with the, all the music and the doo-wop music and, you know, Dion and the Belmonts and, you know, Frankie Avalon. I'm sure you never heard of some of those people. But I listened to, so Frankie Avalon, Dion, um, was that Run Around Sue? Run Around Sue. Whoa, Run Around Sue, yeah. Yeah, so I listened to, <laughs> so like when I'm making my, my boys like breakfast pancakes in the morning. Yeah. I like to mix up music for them. I like to keep them kind of varied in their collection from classic rock to Motown. And then I'll put some, you know, uh, some Frankie Valley, Dion, whatever the case may be, uh, to make sure that, that they're, they're hearing a little bit of everything. I like, I, I like country. I like Dirk Bentley's my favorite guy. 
Okay. I'm not my, my wife is, you know, we met in Nashville. So my wife's the country, country music uh, person. It takes me a while. I like older country. Uh, I'm more of a Johnny Cash. If you're going to go country. What, 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 what's your favorite movie, Jerry? My favorite movie. Gosh, that varies. Uh, my, my default number one is Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. I, I like that. Um, my wife and I actually, so yesterday our town of Finley, Ohio had the, the Halloween parade. Right. And, you know, I have two little boys, both dressed up as Spider-Man doing it. And then we talked about um, uh, Shawshank Redemption. The movie was filmed uh, in Mansfield, Ohio. So like an hour drive from where where I'm at, we were thinking about going there for like a haunted house with just my wife and I for, for, you know, a fun little date night. But I, yeah, I I watch the Netflix stuff. I haven't been to, I'm actually going to the movies for the first time. To, tomorrow night to have a, uh, a movie about life of Willie Mays. Willie Mays, my idol, girl. It's gonna be an HBO movie on uh, November eighth, I think. So um, I don't think there's any popcorn yet, but it'll be my first trip to the movies in a while. Oh, I hope you. I hope it's uh, enjoyable experience. Yeah. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, one of uh, just a quick story. One of my favorite things about my baseball career is being able to run into people like Willie Mays. When right. I was in camp with the Giants in 2020, Willie would sit outside of our clubhouse in one of the like you booths like an old school right. booth and he'd be there um and his his eyesight's going a little bit and so yeah, yeah. you know guys would be a little bit nervous about approaching him and i'd go and i'd, I'd slid in the booth uh, across from him and he's like who who's this sitting across from me and i tell him who i am and he said uh the big lefty curveball right and i was like yeah that's an honor and he goes Ooh, I would have loved to have faced you when I was playing. He's like, I would have taken that curveball deep. And he's laughing. I say, Willie, that's probably very true. You definitely could have done that. But I, I, I don't want to spend about 40 minutes talking to him throughout the, the I don't day. want to bring up the old timers again again, Jerry, so forgive me. One of the things we did great at the end, we were able to retire Willie's number, you know. I saw that. And you know, our new owner, Steve Cohn, you know, the, the short story is. When Willie was traded here, our old owner, Jim Pace, had promised to retire his number. It fell through the cracks. So we got it to our Steve's plate and said, why not? We're fulfilling the pledge of another owner. It was just tremendous. To, to, he was my idol. It was more, you know, people say, well, they don't play for the Mets a year and a half. But it was more about what he meant to New York and meant to the, to the city and to the game. And it was really a big thrill. We, number 24 is up there with Keith, too. You know, it's just pretty good. You know, I'll tell you what, man, what what Stevie Cohen has done. Let me let me preface by saying that I am so appreciative of the Wilpox. They were there. They're I'm I love being a New York Met. Uh, I'll be forever grateful for the opportunity that they gave me because I've had plenty of of opportunities and and different teams, but they embraced me very much. Uh, Fred Wilpon and I chatted about pitching. You know, he was a lefty pitcher in his day. We talked all the time. Jeff was so nice to me. Um, but I really appreciate what Steve Cohen has done with the franchise from retiring numbers, honoring what uh, the, the old timers day game. It just feels really good to be a fan of the Mets with, with Steve Cohen. Now the, the, it just feels safer to be a Mets fan. Like you feel like you're in good hands. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! 
Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. We had a great year, the alumni. We had the alumni thing. We had the Seaver statue, retirement keys. We honored Santana for his, uh, for his no here. So they get it. And I mean, what you plan what you said. You know, I've been working for the Mets for 42 years. Fred hired me about a month after he brought the team. The Cohen's have been great. And I, I can't forget what the Wilpons did for me. I mean, I'm really blessed to be working in the same place for, you know, for 42 years, you know. So. Well, you, you've done a hell of a job uh, for, except, to stay around yes. for this long. Yeah, except not inviting you to the old timers again. Hey, hey, I again that's not a you know that's not an admirable well, no, situation. I, I feel, I feel I'll tell good. you what, if I if my spot was given up for I, I'm too too recent to be alumni or old timers, I guess, well, for my own benefit. Well, but to get another player in uniform for a generation of fans to come and, and see somebody that they've watched play for that player to come, whoever it was. You know, with ended up the way it is. I, I just want to the film. The films, Jerry. You know, John Stearns passed away in September. You know, had Alzheimer's cancer. He literally willed himself to come to the game. See him come on the field. Took batting practice. He died about a month later. That was one of the high points for me. You know, doing some in my religion, it's a mitzvah. We did. You know, and, uh, so I mean, you retired in nineteen. Do you find it hard to criticize the players in your role? I mean, what do you do? How do you walk the line between, you know, not being a quote homer and, you know, being truthful? How do you, how do you walk that line? Uh, I've gotten some great advice. And uh, no matter what, you're, the players on the team always feel like their home TV guys are harsh, generally meaner right. to them than to everybody. It's always, it's like a, a running joke. So guys feel like that. But between hearing, like I talked to Jim Duquette, um, Ron Darling, Todd Zeal, but Ron said something to me that really resonated. One of millions of things that he said to me about, you know, the business of, of becoming uh, an analyst. He says, Jerry, I, I don't say anything that I wouldn't say to the player's face, because if I'm willing to say something negative, I'm not going to I'm not going to talk about their character or question their work ethic unless it's obvious, but I will say something critical as long as I would be willing to stand in front of their locker and say that to them as a person. And that's how I view things. Um, if I'm not willing to stand face to face and criticize Jacob deGrom for a pitch that I think he threw, I, if I wouldn't be able to have a conversation with him as a, a teammate, I wouldn't say it on TV. Um, and so I think that's, that's fair. If you, if I gave up a home run to, to Bryce Harper and I had to answer questions, I think, was it a mistake that I made or did I get beat? And if somebody said, you know, you made a mistake and I did, that's 
I did make a mistake. And so as long as I can look my, you know, former players or former teammates, former friends, current players in the eye, if they have a question or a problem with what I said, I have the, I can stand there and, and stay face to face and just tell them how I feel. So as long as I'm not overly harsh, um, just to be mean, I think I can live with that. We had like guys like uh, Bob Murphy's you know, radio guy. He, he never made it personal. You know, he would, and that's, and, and no plays ever, you know, didn't want to interview with Bob. Jerry, do you have your, Schedule SY schedule next year or yet? Or um, no, now? we we haven't we haven't figured it out quite yet. He didn't know whether he'd be going to spring training or anything, right? I hope to go to spring training. I definitely do. Yeah. Well, okay. How many bow ties do you have? Oh, I have many. Do you like all today by days or by series? <laughs> I I have a bunch of ties and bow ties that I mix it up. I like to keep people on their toes, uh, fashion wise. Hey, you, you got to help me. I have a problem. I need your advice. I'm trying to locate an old girlfriend from college. Cameo, you do cameo. If I paid you 55 bucks, could you maybe get a message to her for me? <laughs> <laughs> I might be able to, but my, I don't think my reach is quite as far as you think. How does that work, Joe? I saw down the, the cameo stuff. Where do your messages go? Uh, they go to people. Somebody will like go to Cameo and I'll give them a message. So my favorite Cameo I've done so far, um, somebody, they had a, it was a Mets fan. A bunch of them were Mets fans in a fantasy right. football league. And they were like, look, we don't know what order to, for our draft order. And so they say, will you pick it for me? So I asked them their team names and I picked a, the first pick based on my favorite team name of theirs and made it in reverse order so it's just like a fun way to say you know if you had a, a birthday or a bar mitzvah right. i could just give you a message you couldn't find my old girlfriend for me though i don't think that's how cameo works but i'll send out something on twitter if that's if that's the way please listen i just yeah, had great fun you know you're a good guy and forgive me again i mean honestly i i mean i i, I was not amazed but you had a great freaking career, you know. And, and you, you forgot that I was decent at my, my job, Jerry. For four years, two, uh, 212 games over three years, and your ERA was above three, and 17 games over 500. That's pretty good. Thank worthy you. Buddy. Of a, worthy of the number, God willing, when I'm 84 years old, we do the next old timers day game. You'll be number one on my list. I promise you that. Oh, you're doing the the fans a disservice if I'm number one. I promise no, you that. Well, well, you're good for thanks for the talk. Good catching up. I mean, best of luck with all your stuff going on. Oh, uh, Jay, it's been a pleasure, man. Uh, I'm glad you're still doing something. Yes. This is really good what you're doing. I think it's the perfect role for you as a yeah, alumni right. because you're so beloved by all the the players from past and present. Um, I think it's a perfect segment. Yeah, I'm working with guys I work with. You know what is we're trying to bring them back to the family that they would care, not just the, the, the number one guys, but my own motto was, Jerry, to treat the 25th guy like the number one guy. And that's what I'm trying to do in my job to make everybody feel important. You know, that's what I'm trying to do. Well, that's what you always made uh, all of us. Well, now there's 26 guys, but you made oh, us. 26 guys, right. You made us at the bottom of the roster. Well, you never feel appreciated. Number one in my book, Jerry. I enjoyed the talk and good luck with all your projects. Uh, huh? Thank you, Jay. I'll talk bye. to you soon, my friend. Bye. Bye.